this is Maria. This is Sarah. And welcome to The The Ridge Podcast. Podcast. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. So we took a break. We took a week off. Uh, Sarah was out of town on vacation, which was well needed and deserved. Yes, it was. It was awesome. uh, And I just didn't feel like doing it by myself. (laughs) (laughs) So we took a break. Um, And as you know, uh, well, maybe you don't know, but if you have been following the podcast, Mm -hmm. we just finished up a series on boundaries, Mm -hmm. um, which has been really impactful for a lot of you. So I'm really grateful. Uh, You know, always on this podcast, we, our intent is to have kingdom impact, you know, long lasting um, impact for the people who listen. So this is not just something that we just do do because we Mm want to just speak and talk, even though I do really enjoy... We do like talking. Talking. Uh, but we, we want it to be purposeful and intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're grateful that you have reached out to us and said that it has been that for you. So um, this week, what we've decided to talk about is about rebuilding consistency in crisis. So we've, And by crisis, we mean the situation we're still in right. over a year later. Right. Right? Exactly. Or it could, be, it could mean any crisis, but right now we're focusing on right. rebuilding consistency amid a pandemic. Right. Well, because what's important before we dive into the Bible is just to recognize that um, some, this crisis, what we're going through right now, is uh, quite possibly the greatest crisis that any of us will ever face. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is it has lasted for such a long time. I think that there, that we have felt like we're on, like we're on the upward out of it, but then we get reports of COVID being rampant and, you know, and everything possibly shutting down again. And there's just lots of uncertainty Mm -hmm. still in the world. And so, um, uncertainty and inconsistency, uncertainty and inconsistency. (laughs) Yes. But no matter where you're at, you know, everybody, no matter how you feel about it, you're being impacted by it because your environment and the people around you are being impacted by it. So we felt like today would be really helpful to start talking about. So how do we rebuild consistency even in the middle of a crisis? Mm -hmm. And we thought we'd talk about, um, first of all, why is consistency important? Biblically speaking, what does the Bible have to say about consistency? And as Maria and I were discussing this earlier, I had a couple of thoughts on that. The first couple of things that came to mind, I was telling Maria, was um, in the Old Testament, especially in the book of Deuteronomy, there are a lot of um, different sacrifices that the Israelites um, had to perform, um, some different festivals, and these had to be performed very precisely and very consistently, either during a time of the year for the festivals or for the sacrifices, it would be during um, a time, a certain time of day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought about that and how important consistency was to the Lord. And what he was doing was he was training the Israelites um, to, to be reverent. Right. And, um, and not only that, but um, I, I looked up an article. <clears throat> I was also thinking about Jesus and the consistency that he showed to his disciples mm-hmm. when he was training them up. Um, and also, it was interesting to me to think that Jesus had such... Um, a deep knowledge of scripture. And mm-hmm. where did that come from? Well, it came from consistency, consistent study. And the article I um, pulled from was from Days of Praise. And I just want to read just a small piece of this for you so you can really understand and grasp why 
Um, consistency in our lives is so, so valuable and so important, especially in our spiritual lives and with our families, with mm -hmm. our friends. Actually, in all aspects of life, consistency is so important. So um, the article says, And the Jews marveled, saying, He knows... How knoweth this man letters, having never learned? That was John 7, 15. So they were talking about Jesus. How does he know all of this, having never been formally trained? Um, and their question on this occasion was how an uneducated man who had never been taught by the scribes and rabbis could have acquired such a remarkable understanding of the Holy Scriptures. He had never had formal training in the Word, yet when he taught, and this is um, quoting Matthew 7, 29, he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Um, and his answer to the question, Jesus' answer to the question was amazing. My doctrine or my teaching is not mine, but his that sent me. And that was John 7, 16. But this is where it really comes down to consistency. There are two factors at work here. First of all, his working knowledge of the Old Testament scriptures was encyclopedic, acquired in the same way that any other student of the word can acquire it by diligent and prayerful personal study thereof. He had done this all... <clears throat> He had done this all his life from the time he was a small boy. And there you have it. He mm -hmm. had done it. He had studied his mm -hmm. entire life. So right. consistent study of the word. Um, and then just to wrap this up, remember how Jesus had asked questions of the astonished doctors in the temple and then how he was subject unto his parents and how he increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man in Luke 2.46. In all of this, he was a perfect human example to us as we also seek to learn the scriptures and grow in wisdom and favor with God. So that's, that's, the, um, that's the why mm -hmm. right there. We want to grow in wisdom and favor with God. So yeah. as far as scripture goes... These right. are just a couple of examples of right. why consistency is so valuable. It's all throughout the Bible. I mean, even if you just think about, you know, when God created the earth, there was evening and there was morning, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, and that's, that's, a, that's consistent. It's a pattern, right. <laughs> and the consistent. sevens, the number seven, you, you yes. will find consistently throughout Scripture, right? right? And, and in Ecclesiastes, he goes on and on about, you know, like, um, there's there's a time birth, to live, yeah, right. a time to live and a time, time to, to die, die. Mm -hmm. a time to mourn and a time to be joyful. Like there's there's all there's these um, patterns, these consistencies throughout the Bible, mm -hmm. and so um, so we can take that and we can frame it uh, into what we're dealing with today and how um, how we have those consistencies in our own individual lives and then right. how, what we bring, how we bring those consistencies into our walk with others. Mm -hmm. um, and so why right now mm -hmm. um, does it feel so hard to have consistency? We're in yeah. crisis, so mm -hmm. why is it so difficult right now to feel, and maybe, I don't think I'm alone here, right. but consistency has been very difficult over the, the course of this pandemic, you know, yeah. in, in families and in, in, your, in the schools. Mm -hmm. So why, and, and maybe personally, why does it feel so difficult yeah. to have consistency right now? So I'm a huge brain junkie. And I think I could not tell. I know. And, you know, I just have to share a story really quick because it was the funniest thing at our staff meeting the other day. You know, I shared something and um, with the staff and I uh, about like my something I'm walking through personally. And um, and I said, you know, this was uh, there's some people that had prayed for me. And I said, you know, when they prayed for me, that was the first time that I had ever thought of this situation differently. And Andrew says to me, you know what I think happened? And I'm like, what? And he's like, 
you built a neurotransmitter. Oh. <laughs> you built a new neural pathway. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. He's like, you he's, are rubbing off on I me. I was going to say, he's been hanging out with you too much. That's right. That's right. So I'm a huge brain junkie. And, and, um, and I love being able to think of mental health things in the context of scripture. Of scripture. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so there, you know, we are the only people, only beings in the world that are created in the way that we're created and our brains are remarkable. And, um, and so coming from a therapist perspective, uh, when we look at what happens in crisis, you know, there's actually three parts of our brain. So, um, uh, I, I use this with teenagers and I don't, I don't know if it's going to come across this way, but if you think about your brain like a fist, right, where your thumb is tucked in and your fingers overhead, um, you know, we've got the, the prefrontal cortex, which is up here, and that's our thinking brain, that's our rational, that, that allows us to solve problems, that allows us to be able to take a situation and put it into context. Um, but then if you open your brain up, then you've got um, your limbic system, mm-hmm. which is underneath that. And uh, the limbic system is where all of our emotions live. And there's no rational explanation for anything that happens there. You know, emotions are not a rational thing. You can't um, explain why you feel certain ways sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's where crisis lives, is in this part of the brain. Um, And so what I tell teenagers all the time is when you experience stress, you flip your lid. So all of your rational thoughts go out the window. You're responding totally out of emotions. And, um, and so, you know, that's why you get people that will say, well, why did you do that? You know, to their child, why did you do that? I don't understand. And they're like, I can't tell you. Right. And they can't mm-hmm. because they, they were d- driven from the emotional, emotional response. response. Right. And so what happens then in crisis um, is that uh, we have three responses. We either fight flight, run away, mm-hmm. or we freeze. Um, and that's across the board. That's, that's anywhere from, um, you know, pricking your finger, getting a, a paper cut or whatever your body's emotional response is to do one of those three things or fighting a bear. <laughs> so, so that's where we're living right now. And, um, and I think that what has happened is when the crisis initially happened, when the pandemic initially happened, Everybody, um, it made sense a little bit. Like there were, everybody was remind, or, or was responding emotionally, but we could understand it. We were mm-hmm. like, okay, this is why. Um, and we were just doing, 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 doing. Well, now it's prolonged. Right. And at the beginning, everybody thought it was a temporary thing. So yes. we were able to kind of maintain some sort of consistency, just thinking it would be over. It would shortly, be over. Right? right. Exactly. And looking for the next thing. And, um, but it didn't happen that way. No. And so what has happened is the, um, that response has lingered. Mm-hmm. And so we have been living for over a year in the part of our brain that doesn't rationalize. And that's why we've got so many people that are, um, you know, people that we thought maybe were smarter or, you know, would respond better or whatever. They're just responding in ways that you just never would have anticipated. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we've all seen that. We've all seen that. And so, um, what was once uh, a safe environment to be in, even in church, you know, like a church community was a safe environment. Well, church community even became some, all community became something that was like, I don't, we don't know the rules anymore. Right. There's no consistency. And there was the fear factor of mm-hmm. getting ill. 
right? right? Which yes. is which is still a thing. It's still a thing. Yep. And so, um, but you have people on either side of the spectrum. So we right. have this prolonged crisis that we're living in, and um, and so what's happening is we're building these inconsistent habits, right? Um, that make us feel like we cannot um, move past. Like we're going to be stuck here for forever. Now you, when we had discussed this earlier, Maria, you had talked about, you gave a military example about muscle memory. Do you mm -hmm. want to share that? I thought that was really helpful. Yeah. Do you want to share that a little bit? Yeah, for sure. So in the military, um, they know that you at some point are going to be in a crisis situation. And so all of the training that you go through is, is geared towards building muscle memory in crisis because of what happens with your brain. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're in crisis, you're, you flip to emotion based and you, you, you go off of what you have known from previous experiences. So, so if you know that when you hear a gunshot, you're supposed to, you know, go prone or pull your weapon up and and be able to engage the target, then that's what will happen. Right. Um, if it, it, you know, if you know that, um, so it's just, I'll give an example of abuse. If you know that. Um, when you're, you know, uh, your parent comes home drunk as a child mm -hmm. and that's going to result in, um, in some type of abuse, then you know, you automatically know you need to get out of the situation right. or you need to go hide or something. It's not something that, um, you could ever explain. It just happens. So our, our memories stay in our bodies. Mm -hmm. And so you have to build these, these muscle, these muscle memories. And right now, what you're saying is that over the course of the pandemic, over the last year or so, mm -hmm. if we've allowed inconsistency to creep in, it has now become a muscle memory, we've so to speak. We've built new muscle memories. Right. Yeah. Yep. So what she's saying is... Like wearing a mask. It's a muscle memory to put a mask on. Well, actually, I still struggle <laughs> with that one. <laughs> I'll get out of the car and go... Matter of fact, Allie, just this morning, walking out to the bus, I was like, mask! She had to run back and put it on because we... That's terrible, but it, yeah. I still we still forget. Right, but there's some people, you know, like I just told Joe yesterday, I was like, I'm driving through the neighborhood and I'm seeing somebody wearing a mask in their own front yard, and I'm like, what are you doing with your life right now, you know? And <laughs> and he says, well, he probably just forgot. Yeah, and that's the thing. You'll yep. see people driving with them on mm -hmm. when they're the only one in the vehicle, and yeah. you're right. Yeah. And, it's, and it's, again, it's muscle memory. We've mm -hmm. just forgotten. We've built new patterns um, but even if we've built new patterns, there's a lot of us who are still living um, with with inconsistent routines. Right. Um, our our environments are inconsistent, mm -hmm. and so we don't know if um, you know. For example, those with children who are in public school. Yes. You know, there's there's never um, it's never a sure thing that they're going to stay in person. No. And so you're always living as a parent. You're always living on the edge mm -hmm. of am I going to have to shift my whole lifestyle again to again. accommodate virtual right. learning? Mm -hmm. um, and and it's just. It's the way that way across the board. Even if you don't have kids, mm -hmm. we don't know if the restaurants are going to stay open, right. or if you know it's safe to go to the movie theater or right. you know play sports. And um, there's just a lot of inconsistency. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was sharing with Maria. This is just a short, a quick story here. But I was sharing with Maria when we got back from vacation. Brian is gone for a week. He's yeah. in he's in training in Tennessee, and he's usually our sports guy, right? Yeah. So. We, that's kind of our agreement. I handle the academic portion of the kids, their their life, and he handles the the sports aspect because they're both full time jobs. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. When you got three kids, for and sure. And he's gone. Sports are supposed to be starting up, so we're anticipating that, right? Yeah. Um, we get back, and and Haley's got tennis 
um, this afternoon. Allie ended up having a late practice yesterday. Brady had golf. You know, the kids are supposed to be doing school um, full-time starting this week, but then mm -hmm. we have one that's taking a PSAT, so we have a couple of asynchronous days for the kids thrown in there. Mm -hmm. So just going back to what Maria said about we as parents not knowing, I mean, there's so much inconsistency. This week has been, and I know many of you feel this way, it's just been absolutely, I have to put it all in my calendar. I cannot keep it straight. Right. You know, and we end up with, when we came back from Florida after being there 10 days, we had over 100 emails, and many of them were about sports and schools. So mm -hmm. just trying to juggle all that, you almost feel like giving up. And mm -hmm. that's where I think, like, it's almost like a like a, a loss of, of hope a little bit, yeah. like you're you're just feeling kind of defeated. And I think mm -hmm. that's where a lot of the inconsistencies for us have crept in. Right. And that, that is a great segue into talking about what um, being in crisis feels like. Mm -hmm. And so um, one thing that I have really learned is that uh, there's a huge disconnect for most of us between what's happening in our brain and what's happening in our bodies. Mm -hmm. But the way we were created is integrated. And so, um, you know, there's a there's a book out there that's great that's called The Body Keeps the Score, you know. And, um, and so when we talk about trauma, which is what's happening right now. Right. You know, we're experiencing... Realize it or a, not. Yeah, it's a global trauma. Um, is that... You know, um, a lot of people will have um, issues that that manifest physically. So, you know, when I when I work with kids, I'll I'll give them a drawing, and I'll say, okay, show me, draw me a picture of what it feels like to um, experience anxiety. Because how many teenagers now can say to you, I have anxiety, and you're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they can't tell you exactly what that means. Right, right. And so then when you start to actually say to them, okay, so tell me, show me what it feels like to have anxiety. I've had, um, you know, or what it feels like to be angry or any of these emotions. Because um, the, the majority of us only recognize three, the three main emotions, happy, sad, and pissed off. Right? <laughs> and so, but those are, you know, like uh, anger is actually a secondary emotion. So it happens after something else. And what I have found is most often when people are angry, they have felt fear. Fear is the root of their anger. Mm -hmm. So sense. when we talk about that, so tell me what it feels like. Then I, you know, like I had a kid that, that colored his feet in like red with flames, you know, and talking about like he feels like his feet and legs are on fire. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so we have these reactions within our body um, and some of them are really subtle. So um, I know that when I get anxious, which I really struggle with, um, and I struggle with depression too, especially right now, especially they kind of often go hand in hand. Um, but I feel just drained, like, yeah. and not like tired, like I need to take a nap and I'm going to recover. Like I could go sleep for two days mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and not have to face anything and it would be great. Um, but then there's also some times where I would feel like, um, like I'll be sitting on the couch and I'll have all this nervous energy, but I, but I cannot make myself do anything productive mm -hmm. and it's so frustrating because I'm like I know I need to do all these things right but I just can't make myself get off the couch right and as we talk about this mm -hmm. how does that tie into the consistency or inconsistency that we're seeing right so when we when we don't acknowledge how we're feeling about the situation because remember like we've got these three brains 
Um, and the third one, I never explained it, but it's down here. It's the brainstem. So, but we, we're not talking about that today, you know, um, but, uh, but when we're living in the emotional state of the brain, mm -hmm. consistency is in the rational, is in the prefrontal So it goes out cortex. the window is what you're saying. Yes. Okay. You, when you can't do without addressing one, you can't do the other. Got it. And so, um, but a lot of people don't recognize how they're feeling about a situation and they keep trying to push mm -hmm. and they keep trying to, um, you know, just, just not acknowledge it. They put it in a box or they just push through it. Um, I talked about it on Sunday, you know, like that we, we try and build business into our lives so that we don't, when I slow down, then I have to actually, uh, feel what I'm feeling. Right. And so I think a lot of us are in that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so we think we're actually doing us ourselves a, a service by just pushing, pushing, pushing. But then what's happening is we're, we're not addressing the emotions and then we're building, we're building unhealthy habits mm -hmm. that keep us from living our lives consistently for Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why I, I talk about how that feels. Um, and, and some people just don't know that they just never have thought about the fact that, oh, I'm so tired. Why am I so tired? Right. Probably because you're depressed. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, for those of us that don't really struggle with, I mean, I've had a touch of depression myself, but it, it took me realizing that the tiredness was tied to that. Yes. So it, but it took a long time to realize that, mm -hmm. oh my goodness, I'm falling asleep half the time or mm -hmm. I can't hardly function. It, it doesn't have anything to do with my body being necessarily physically tired, mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm mentally and emotionally drained. Exactly. And, and, that, and spiritually. And spiritually, right. Mm -hmm. And that depression had crept in there. So mm -hmm. I do think that's, yeah, it's, it's important for us to, to recognize what our bodies are doing. Right, right. Because, so we can build those consistent right. practices. Well, and so you, the first step to anything is you have to be aware there's a problem. So, and you have to be aware of what you want to change right. about the problem. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people will say, I'm depressed and I don't want to be depressed. Well, what does it look like to not be depressed anymore then? Right. What does that look like for you? Because right. it does look different for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, and so that kind, of, that kind of leads us into then, so how do we build mm. consistency? Right. So, and Sarah's like, yes, let's talk about that because it's, this is the concrete stuff right here. Like we need to get into... <laughs> You know, it's great to talk about, um, you know, all the, the woo, up in the air stuff, but let's actually, how do you apply it? Um, so the first thing that you need to do is, is say to yourself, okay, so where am I at? Do a check-in, you know, how am I feeling? How has this impacted me? What has changed mm -hmm. about my life? Um, and you need to acknowledge those things. So would you recommend talking to someone? Because I, I know for those of us that are not super self-aware when it comes to emotions, maybe mm -hmm. that would be a good thing to talk to a trusted mm -hmm. friend or mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. Well, and even with a trusted friend, you know, like it's great to be able to have a, a confidant to be able to, to talk through things with, but, um, but some of these things, this is why, this is what therapy is all about. Right. You know, therapy is about really helping you sort through, um, you only know what you know. Mm -hmm. And so, and if you, if both of you are in the same boat, right? Well, I wouldn't recommend talking to somebody that's in the entirely same boat. Right. You are. But you know, mentors and you know, like misery I, loves company, yeah, right? Right. And so it's, it's not just about, um, it's not just about connecting in the shared crisis. Right. It's about saying, okay, now I'm making a, a conscious choice 
to figure out how I can move forward and build. So almost an accountability partner, somebody right. who recognizes where you are, can right. help and can push you forward. Yes. Yep. So that, that I think is the first step is you have to know where you're at. You have to do a check-in. And if you have a family, you have to figure out where's your family at, Right. you know, like, mm -hmm. because that's a whole new dynamic because everybody feels things differently. And, you know, one person might be totally like really totally fine. And the other person might not be right. Um, or you, you might see behavior changes in your children and be like, well, these aren't my kids. Where did this mm -hmm. behavior come from? And it's like, oh, well, this makes a whole lot of sense in the context of how are they processing their emotions? Right. Um, one of the things that I would recommend is starting small. If you write down anything, write start small because it's, mm -hmm. it feels overwhelming to try to bring consistency back into your routines mm -hmm. when it's been so totally disrupted over the last year. Um, we've made some really small changes, and I don't know if this will be helpful to somebody, but even coming back from vacation, we kind of let the reins loose a little bit on mm -hmm. the technology because the kids you right. know, had tablets on the way down and watched a lot of TV on the way down there mm -hmm. and on the way back because we drove. Um, and they got in the habit in the evenings of just being on their tablets for hours at a time, mm -hmm. which normally we don't let them do. So coming back from that, even just saying to the girls, especially because mm -hmm. Brady's outside all the time, right. but the girls especially, okay, you get one hour of TV time, mm -hmm. you get one hour of tablet time, and that is it. Right. You know, something small like that. But the small changes, I think, is, I think, I think starting in, in something that's so tiny um, and being consistent with that first, mm -hmm. you don't want it to be overwhelming for your family either. Right, so if right. you tell them, okay, we're going to start eating like this, we're going to, you know, we're going to... It's like crash dieting. <laughs> For your emotions. Yeah. You don't want to do that. Yeah. No, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. But if you throw too much at yourself and you throw too much at your family, I mean, that's that's a really good way to, to be defeated immediately. Mm -hmm. And as I was talking to Maria, there are some things that we have, um, I think I've talked about this on another podcast, that have kind of gone out the window, which would be that every evening family devotions have mm -hmm. gone out the window over, over um, COVID. Um, it doesn't mean that we're, we're not in the word. It just means that that ended up, not working over COVID because it was so disrupted and such a mess. Mm -hmm. But something else that has been really consistent um, and has stayed very consistent is just praying with the kids before they get on the bus right. in the mornings. We've done that. Brian's not there in the morning, but I've done that with the kids um, when they get on the buses, um, praying um, in the car. Yeah. Anywhere you're driving. These are simple things that are mm -hmm. not overwhelming, mm -hmm. but those are, those are consistencies that you can develop. Um, so we do a lot of that. And then you just made a really good point though, as you said that there was a way that you were doing things before, and then it was no longer working. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing to recognize too, is that some things, um, became inconsistencies because of where we were emotionally, but some things no longer work because our environment has changed so significantly. Yeah. And it's maybe figuring that out for yourself too. And for your family mm -hmm. is, is it a, is it a, because I look at it as a failure, or that's how I looked mm -hmm. at it, is, oh, we're not doing this as a family anymore. But it really just was not working. We right. were all in different places at different times, right. you know. And as I reflected on that, I thought, you know, we're still connecting with each other and with the Lord, and we're still, um, the kids do their individual devotions, right. and, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. It just, that just wasn't working. Right. So, and I think that it's okay to give ourselves some grace. Yeah, but how did you do that? I'm just going to... I'm just going to break down your process that you just explained to me because you said that you immediately thought it was a failure, yep. which is an emotional response. Yep. Yep. And, um, and so, but then you sat and you reflected 
and you said, no, it's not a failure. We're still doing these things, the mm -hmm. things that are our priority, which is being in the word, mm -hmm. being connected with each other. We're still doing that. It just looks different. Right. And so then you let it go. Right. And you, you adopted the new way. Right. Yep. And, and maybe it needs to be said that your normal, our normal now is not going to look like our old normal. Right. Our new normal is going to look like a new normal. It's mm -hmm. not going to be the same thing. So I think that we really need to be careful in giving ourselves some grace. Right. Because so many of us are still hanging on to last year. We're right. still hanging on to how things were last year. It's not mm -hmm. going to be the same anymore. Right. Or our expectation of what we want it to look like. Right. And so that that is often... Um, where I see problems with inconsistencies too is, you know, like I really would love to have six pack abs, but I also really love donuts, you know? And so my <laughs> too. expectation of that is I can still be healthy and exercise, but I'm probably never going to look like I'm 15 again. Right. You know? And so, um, I mean, so, it's kind of across the board, isn't it? Like, yeah, right. Yeah. Right. So, but that, but that's a, that's a silly example, but it's the truth. Like yeah. how often, do maybe we feel like our lives are out of control because our expectations are not in alignment right. with what can actually happen. Right. Yep. And so, um, getting a, getting a handle on those expectations, putting those well, into check. And, and so that's the thing. And expectations are not concrete, just like boundaries, you know, like right. boundaries are, can be adjusted as, um, things improve mm -hmm. or, you know, and so we can, um, I think that what is important for us to do during this time is really, um, reflect on what is important, right. you know, where have my expectations perhaps, um, been too lofty. And for me, that's a tough one. That's a super tough one for me because I... Maria does everything <laughs> at 200 <laughs> all the time. Oh so. my gosh. And so, but my expectation of other people is And that yourself. Too. Yes. Yeah. And so, but that's been a huge lesson for me. Um, and oh man, I think this is why Jesus made me be a therapist is because, um, because I, my expectations are never in alignment with what, what should actually, and I, for a long time, I, um, I thought that I was failing if, if I didn't meet those expectations, mm -hmm. if I could just speak better, communicate better, offer more opportunities, you know, just, um, be in relationship differently, um, you know, that, that it would somehow get to the level that I wanted it to be at. And so God has been working on me for that mm -hmm. for a very long time. So, well, and you've said it yourself. It's yeah. what you're responsible for. What are you and responsible what for? what you're not responsible right. for. And yeah. so that goes in alignment with priorities, right? Yep. Yep. So what am I, what are my priorities? And this is, this is super um, helpful in determining um, your expectations because if you um, are not, and I'm just going to be frank, if you're not prioritizing Jesus, but your expectation is that you're going to have this um, superior biblical knowledge, right? Superior biblical knowledge or your children are going to, um, you know, be walking with Jesus or, you know, like right. if your expectations um, are this, but your priorities are this mm -hmm. for the work, then, mm -hmm. then it, there's a disconnect. And so you really have to first be aware of how you're feeling, identify what your priorities are right. and, and your expectation for how you're going to get there. Mm -hmm. So I think you kind of hit the nail on the head and we, and Maria and I discussed this a little bit just before we came in here, but you know, I talk about, um, I love the, the topic of consistency because it is so hard to be consistent now that the pandemic has kind of thrown a wrench in things that makes it even more difficult. But for those of us that have been able to be even, even before 
before COVID, mm -hmm. um, really consistent. Um, we've seen in the word that Jesus was super consistent. We, we see that the disciples were, um, they followed him consistently and they, they were really adamant about um, following his teaching. But, you know, he, he taught the disciples for three years. Mm -hmm. So that three years was all scripture saturated mm -hmm. and they saw miracles and those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. So for those of us that even pre-pandemic, we're bringing our kids to church consistently. Mm -hmm. Are you seeing the fruit of that? Because I sure did with my mm -hmm. own kids. Right. You know, and when you said something about where your priorities are, mm -hmm. we need to, I know that, I know that COVID has created some issues, but if you're, as a parent, if your priority is your children's spiritual growth and your own spiritual growth, you need to show some consistency in that. And that's a hard mm -hmm. thing to say because it's so hard to be consistent right now. Mm -hmm. But it has to happen. We have to be consistent with our kids, with with um, introducing them to the word, whether that's mm -hmm. at home or at church. I mean, we prefer to have your kids here, of course, right, right, um, on Sunday mornings. But they need to be seeing that, like you. What what is that phrase? You got to walk the walk if you talk the talk, kind mm -hmm. of thing. Well, and you also have to you have to recognize the fruit. You know, like um, be looking for it. Right. Be sure. looking for it. You know, we had talked about before this. Um, uh, Mary DeHaan, and she might not like it that I'm sharing this story, but I don't see shout why out she to Mary. Shout, shout out to Mary. Um, but she had just shared with us a story about how, you know, her daughter Leah, and she's eight, right? Or how old is Leah? I think she's eight. Okay. She could read, but, you know, she, she was laying in bed reading Genesis 1 mm -hmm. with her younger brother, who's two. And, you know, like the, she was emphatic about it, you know, like, oh, Carson, you know, like that God made the light and he made the animals yep. and that, and she took a moment and she was like, I see this. Yeah. You see the fruit. I see the fruit. I see how this has consistently been happening. And, you know, and, and the other day, um, <clears throat> so I've got two, two children who like to pray differently. One, you know, Charlotte wants me to pray and doesn't feel she's shy. She doesn't feel comfortable you know, praying on her own. And then there's Judah who only wants to pray. And, um, and so we were, I was laying with Judah and, um, and I was just laying there and he, I listened and I, he was quietly praying behind me. Like he was, and he put his hand on me and, and he wasn't being loud. Like, I don't think he thought I was listening to him, but he was saying, dear Jesus, Ba, 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 you know, whispering mm -hmm. this prayer mm -hmm. and like touching my back and, you know, and so, and I, and I thought to myself that, yes, like the one thing that I have worked to do is teach my children how to pray. Right. And that is the one thing, mm -hmm. you know, like I may really suck at having them read the Bible, you know, and I may really suck at having them, um, <laughs> read just in general for school, you know, but, um, but I have worked to teach them how to pray mm -hmm. and I see it. Mm -hmm. And so that, that happens no matter what state of being I'm in. Right. You know, mm -hmm. like that's, that's what we do. But that's why consistency is so important. And we're talking about consistency in our own lives, but for those of us that have families and young kids at home, I think it's doubly important. Mm -hmm. Um, 
because we are the example, right? Just right. like Christ was the example for his disciples, we are the example. And if if it is our goal, like even it, even in the middle of a mess, like we're in the middle of right now, if it mm-hmm. is our goal, and we need to think long term, so right. if it's our goal for our kids to love and follow Jesus for their entire lives, like it says here in this article, grown mm-hmm. wisdom in favor with God, if that mm-hmm. is our goal, mm-hmm. we have to be, we have to follow the example of Jesus and be consistent. Right. We have to. Well, and that goes back to our discussion on boundaries too, right? Our, our expectations right. and and uh, and what our goals are, you know, what like, our goals are. Yeah, but I think as Christian parents, that is our goal. That is so, our goal. Mm-hmm. commitment is hard. Mm-hmm. It is hard. Consistency right now is difficult. Mm-hmm. But I think we need to prioritize as parents and as people for our own spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. What is the most important thing right now and honestly like I failed in several areas too but I want my kids to grow up knowing and loving Jesus because that is their hope that's right. their that's their cons- that's that's what our kids are going to need in this world where where Satan will claim them right if if we're not teaching them who Jesus is the world will teach them everything he's not right exactly and um and so there's there's concrete things that we can always do you know and we had discussed this like um, and this is one of the reasons why, as a therapist, um, I, I kind of struggled because there's secular therapy, you know, the way that we would do things without Jesus. Right. Um, and that, but that only really takes you so far mm-hmm. um, because there's a lot of things that, you know, just what, like what we talked about when we recognize our boundaries with God, there's certain things that we're capable of doing. And there's certain things that only God is capable right. of doing. Right, exactly right. And so when we're in a crisis like what we are right now, how many of us have had to try to take control away from God in situations like masks, you know, or um, or family relationships or whatever, where like we've just put up these um, these walls around certain understandings of things because we feel like we will be able to create change in that Mm -hmm. if we do these certain things but there's certain things that only God can do Mm -hmm. and and only God brings the peace and the hope uh for a better future in the midst of crisis right um he gives us tools and knowledge and um and the understanding to be able to apply some of these things to help us through. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, he is the one who carries us through. And how do we know that? Mm -hmm. Through consistent reading of the word and prayer. Which, yeah. And, and it's revealed, it's all revealed in that. And, um, and I know there's some of you, and I shared this in your thrive group actually on Sunday night. (laughs) I said, you know, the biggest struggle that I've had as a, as a, um, a Christian was learning how to approach the word. Like I almost have felt like the word is a porcupine, you know? And I'm like, I'm looking at it and I'm like, how do you get in there? You know what I mean? Like, where's the, that makes sense. Where's the entry point? And everything's really like, you're just, you're kind of like cautious because you know, it's a big deal, you know, but it feels kind of unsafe a little bit. Like, what am I going to, like, how do I get in there? And, um, and once we started doing thrive groups, actually, that's when, uh, it suddenly, uh, it just clicked. It suddenly just clicked to me. I was like, oh, you flip it over. <laughs> you flip it over. Like it just, I was like, oh, that's how you get in, you know? And, um, and it just, it framed things differently right. for me. Um, and so I know there's some people out there that, that struggle with that mm-hmm. too. Like, how do I, how do I do this? You know? And, and it really is, this is your, this is your reframe. You know, it really is 
looking at it from a different angle, you know, and, and, and just deciding this is the one thing I'm going to do. Right. This is the one thing I'm going to do. Start small, just start small, start with a a chapter a day. Yep, exactly. And, and it is revealed and the things, and you'll see these patterns emerge and, and you'll be able to suddenly apply it to your own life. And you're like, man, this is what you're talking about, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Like here's where here's where it is, and and I, he knows he knows your anxious heart and that you're yeah. struggling with consistency, and yeah, he gives us so much grace. He does. But if you're struggling today, if you if you feel like you have no consistency in your life, or you feel like um, everything got um, disrupted, disrupted, mm-hmm. flipped upside down, um, and you are you don't know how to reapproach, <laughs> right? It's you're like ah, this is this is the opportunity for you to step outside of yourself and and ask for help and ask for help from the Father, and then look for those trusted mentors or therapists. Right. And I've got I mean I can refer you to some great therapists, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but really just decide, okay, so what has this done to me? What has this, how has this changed things for me? Um, what are my priorities now? You know, how can I, um, what are my expectations for fulfilling those? And then, then how am I going to make it happen? Right. It might be even helpful to make a list mm-hmm. of what you, what's important to you. Mm-hmm. Is it that you're, your children love and follow Jesus mm-hmm. and how can you make that happen? Yeah. How can you develop a, a pattern of consistency to make that happen for your kids? Right. Um, or as a family, mm-hmm. if it's for yourself, you know, if it's important to you to know the word, mm-hmm. what should that look like? Yep. You know, so for me anyway, yep. that's a good concrete way of doing it. Just yeah. writing down a list, what's important, mm-hmm. what, what consistencies am I missing in my life that right. I want to see for right. myself and my kids or whatever. And so one last kind of um, aside off of that is mm-hmm. there are some people out there that, that do prioritize and value, you know, coming to church or doing these things. Right. But there's this, there is this other component of COVID out there. And so what we're, we're not saying that that's, you know, like if you are not participating or doing these things, then you're, because of COVID, then you're, mm-hmm. you're failing. Right. What, what we're inviting you to do then is, so if you make that list and you say, okay, so this, this is what I prioritize. This is, uh, these are my values. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, this is how I can accomplish it. Sometimes it's helpful to write a list of what's keeping me from accomplishing it, you know. And so COVID on that list is important. But once you identify the barriers, then you can say, okay, so how do I get around them? Mm-hmm. You know, and you may not come up with an answer right away. But then, right. then you can invite the Father in and right. say, and pray on it. Yeah, yeah, so Lord, give me a way. Give me a way Open to, my eyes. to do this right. or to see this. Um, so... We would love to be able to talk to you about that more. If you have questions, if you need somebody to make a list with, I have four, right now five whiteboards in my office. We She's can, not exaggerating. We can work it out, you know? So You'd thank you. You have to erase a couple of them. <gasps> Stressful. <laughs> so thank you for, for coming with us today. Hopefully this gave you a little more insight on how to rebuild some consistency, mm-hmm. even in the middle of crisis, because we are in this for the long haul. But and we're all in the same boat. Right. I mean, we don't want to make it sound like we've got it all together too, because we certainly no, don't. <laughs> absolutely not. Absolutely not. But what, but where our hope lies right. is the same, mm-hmm. you know, and it was the same way in the day. It was the same today and it's going to be the same going forward so so we can rely on that consistency and um and when we feel unsettled or unstable we can always go back to where that consistency lies right 
Hope you have a great day.